0: Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profits. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used for to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the IHEMP revolution? My guest today is Dr. Daniela Vergara. Daniela Vergara is an evolutionary biologist with experience in co-evolutionary interactions, and for her research, she worked with host-parasite interactions. Daniela is working with the Cane Lab at Colorado University Boulder on genomic evolution of cannabis. She is studying the genomic variations found in the cannabis plants. She is also the CEO and co-founder of the Agricultural Genomic Foundation, a non organization aimed to educate the public and to provide genomic tools for scientists working in cannabis and for the cannabis industry to improve breeding. She is also the co-founder of the Cannabis Genomic Research Initiative Group based at Colorado University Boulder. So, Daniela, welcome to the iHemp Revolution.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.
0: Well, Daniela, the first question I want to ask you is, what is an evolutionary biologist?
1: So, um, an evolutionary biologist is a biologist well, that we study organisms and life um, that specializes on studying how organisms change through time. So, evolution is change through time. And we want to know how those changes through time happen and how selection plays a role when you when you select, like natural selection, the environment, for example, selects for certain characteristics, um, how does selection play a role on these changes in time?
0: So what do you mean when you, you say you're a host parasite interactions? What does this term mean?
1: It's the interactions between the host and the parasite, right? If you are a host, you don't want to be parasitized. But if you're a parasite, your life depends on parasitizing the host. So there's very, very um, dynamic interactions between both parties. And there is a lot of, of changes through time, both in the host and in the parasite, because the parasite's success, so the fitness, depends on whether it parasitizes the host, and the host's fitness depends on whether it doesn't get parasitized, and how organisms, two different organisms, play in this, in selection and in changing each other's populations.
0: Daniela, what is the genomic evolution of cannabis?
1: So what we want to understand is how the cannabis genome has changed through time. Um, and in order to do that, we have to first compare many different genomes. So genomes are the whole collection of DNA from an organism. So um, a gene is just one piece of the genome. Um, and genetics is the study of, of one gene or, or, or some genes. Genomics is the study of whole genomes. And we want to understand how these, the cannabis genomes, um, how do they, um, compare to each other? How are they different from each other in the different strains? But also, how have they changed through time? Um, especially dealing with domestication, right? Because when we domesticate, plants or, or or animals, we select for particular traits. For example, uh, we've selected in bananas for no seeds. Uh, and we can see now that bananas have basically no seeds. So that's, so that's selection that we've imposed in the plant. And there's a consequence for that. And we can trace those signatures of domestication. So those signatures of selection, we can trace them in the cannabis genome.
0: Well, oh, that's very interesting. And so so let's get on to uh, what was your reason for getting into the hemp or cannabis industry? And can you give us a little bit more background on yourself?
1: Um, so when I moved to Colorado, I contacted my advisor, Nolan Kane. He's a professor at CU Boulder and he is a genomicist so he's been studying genomes for for his phd and and his his career um, and he has studied particularly the gene genomes of plants that have been domesticated like sunflowers and chocolates and mustards and especially sunflowers and i wanted to learn genomics and, and in order for you to, so, so in order for you to study a genome, that's a massive amount of data. It's, it's a bunch of, of letters. For example, our genome is around 3.2 to 3.3 billion letters. So that's a lot of information. So in order for you to be able to study and to ask these questions that we're asking, we need to do bioinformatics, right? It, you, you cannot just do all of this um, analysis in, an I don't know, in a Word document or an Excel spreadsheet, you need a lot of more powerful tools. And I wanted to learn how to do that. So I contacted uh, Nolan and I uh, joined his lab. And I was originally going to work with sunflowers. But the questions that we can ask in sunflowers are also questions that you can ask in cannabis. And given that Colorado is a pioneer in in, in the legalization and the decriminalization of, of cannabis, then why not study cannabis as a scientist?
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, because of the um, multiple purposes of the industrial hemp, how does your research help in looking at a primary purpose, for example, growing for CBD, and how that can affect the secondary and third uses of the plant like construction materials and paper products.
1: So that's a very interesting question because unfortunately there's not a lot of research done in cannabis well given the the, the legality of the plant research has been very scarce. So um right now we're looking at particular regions of the genome that are responsible for this very important trait in cannabis, for example, the production of CBD or THC or, and then we want to understand whether you can, what are the trade-offs that the plant faces? For example, if you produce a lot of seeds, you might not produce a lot of flowers, right? Or, or if you produce a lot of seeds, you might not produce a lot of um, cannabinoids. So there's a trade-off there in what you invest your energy, whether it's seeds or whether it's cannabinoids. We want to understand um, all of these trade-offs that the plant faces because then we might be able to um, to develop strains that are, for example, high CBD, but also uh, produce very good fiber. So, we want to understand how, where are the regions of the genome that are related to this, to, to all of these, um, traits, these physical characteristics, and then see whether we can combine, um, through, um, selective breeding, which is when you select which plants you cross through traditional breeding, right? Um, which plants, um, should be the ones that we should cross in order to reach desired Characteristics in order to reach a, a particular outcome.
0: Mm-hmm. So you're breeding, but so <laughs> so let's talk about sex for a minute. You know, can you tell us about the the, the male and the female plants and sex determination? And you know, what role uh, do they play?
1: My research in host parasite coevolution it had a lot to do with the maintenance of sexual reproduction. Um, and, and why sexual reproduction? One of the mechanisms why sexual reproduction is maintained in populations could be um, parasites, because parasites impose that strong selection that you need to have a lot of genetic variation um, in order to to be able to avoid paras, parasitism. Um, so, so I so I come from from that background studying sexual reproduction. And and um and in cannabis, we find something that's very interesting because you have hermaphrodites, individuals that produce male and female flowers in the same plant. And then you have males uh, and you have females. So you have hermaphrodites, but you also have individuals that are dioecious. So a, a male in one plant and a female in one plant. And we want to understand why is that the case? Because there, it's very... Rare that you find in nature males, females, and hermaphrodites that can interbreed um, and can produce fertile offspring. So, so that is something that that I'm very um, interested in understanding uh, further through through my research.
0: Well, that's it's very fascinating here. You know, in uh, this is actually the rebirth of an ancient industry that we're going through here. And when we talked before, you had mentioned there were quite a few women getting involved in the cannabis industry. Now, are there any, you know, women's organizations specifically for cannabis?
1: Oh yes, um, and I'm a very proud member of, of Women Grow, which is a, a group of of women that are. Um, empowering other women in the cannabis industry and um, they teach um, how to build businesses and and marketing and it's very inclusive and even though it's called Women Grow, it's still very welcoming And, and I think that they've done an amazing job. It was one of the things that really, really motivated me in the cannabis industry to see that there's a network of, of women trying to, to start, uh, an industry with a different mentality, with, with b- being a little bit more kind. And, and I think it's been, it's been, they've done an amazing job and I'm very, very, um, honored to, to be part of their network.
0: Uh yes, I I think you know women are needed in in business um because they come from more of a uh a, a helping and serving attitude and this is what we need in the business community right now is to be more sensitive but also to promote their business. I I yeah. admire I admire the women for getting into this.
1: Yes, I I completely agree. Additionally, it's been shown that um, that businesses that have women in their boards or, or women in, in, in high power positions in their, in their business that they do much better. So, so I think that, that having women in, in, in businesses is not, not, not only important for, for the society, right? It's not just like, okay, well, we have to have women because they're just half of the population, but women also have different input. We, um, we provide input that maybe men not necessarily are, are aware of. And I think that it's important to have, um, different opinions, um, in order to, to push and especially coming from, from the cannabis industry, right? Um, that has been so, um, that has been, well, I- illegal all of this time. So, so I think that it's really important that, that women take a role, um, on a plant that is, Useful for so many different purposes from medicine to food to biofuel to all of these things that you can do with, with hemp. Um, I think it's really important to, to have a, an inclusive and kind environment to push the industry forward.
0: Yeah. It's, it's like, uh, my philosophy is a triple bottom line, which is people, planet and profit. And you put people, uh, and the planet first and then the prophets will come and i i know that uh, the women understand that more than us guys what is the one thing that most excites you Daniela about industrial hemp
1: wow well, i think that hemp is um is a very interesting plant cannabis in general right because we don't we don't know yet how many different species there are, if there are in, in cannabis right now. Right now it's classified as one species, cannabis sativa, but, um, but we can, ha- but, but we can see even looking at the plants that hemp plants are very different from, from recreational type plants. So, um, so what really, um, Excites me about, about working with cannabis in general is that first you have these plants that are very different between, between them, but you can still cross them. Um, and then there's so many uses for it. So there's a lot of genetic, we're finding that there's a lot of genetic variation in these, in these plants. And we want to know first what, what does it mean to have all of this genetic variation? Like, um, in, in the physical traits, right? Like what are the genes that are related to all of these um, phenotypic variation that we can see in the plants? And then um, what are the, the regions of the genome or the genes that are related to all of these different purposes? So to fiber or to biofuel or to seed oil or to seed production or to um, all of the smells that you can have. It's It's an extreme, it, it's a plant that has, a bunch of different uses and it's really exciting because we can use the whole plant right we can use um, the whole plant for you can extract fiber and then you can use the seeds for I don't know oil or just to sell seeds and then you can use the flower for um, extracting cannabinoids and and so it's a plant that has many uses and that we can just take advantage of all of these uses and use the plant completely and that is very exciting to me.
0: Oh, that's great. So h- how do you see industrial hemp changing our culture here in the United States?
1: Well, I think that the culture has been changing little by little. For And for example, having women as leaders is, is one, I think that it's one important change. And I think that the legalization of cannabis is going to be uh another really important change, because um we're understanding first that the war in drugs is not is is not getting us anywhere. it's just um violence and and it's not providing solutions um and I think that if we learn and we can use this plant in a wise way um where where in general everyone everyone can get a, a benefit and i think that that's that's um important and i think that that's definitely a change for the society because it's not only i mean in everyone anyone can work with cannabis either if you're for example a, an architect you can use hemp to grow to to you can use hemp for for houses to build houses for example Or if you're a scientist, you can study it. Or if you're in marketing, you can market products. So every single uh, person with with different um, professions can be involved in this this industry. And I think that that's definitely an important um, social change.
0: Out of all the thousands of products uh, that can be produced with hemp, What are a couple products or what part of the industry do you see taking the lead, like being out in front?
1: Well, so I've been talking a lot to Ed Lerberger, who is the president of a company called Hemp Vision, and they produce, uh, they've been producing paper towels and, and, and all of these paper products out of wheat and, and, uh, corn. And now they're using hemp and they are looking on, again, using the whole plant for their products. And I think that that's, um, they're, for example, pioneers in what they're doing and, and, um, they, uh, are definitely in the, in the forefront of using the whole plant and extracting the oil and extracting the fiber and, and, um, not leaving any waste. And then, you know, on extracting ethanol out of the, out of the, uh, the plant. And so that is very exciting. So, so yeah, so I think that, for example, with a model like theirs, it would be really, it would be very important for the U, for the U S in general.
0: Radioactivity, for example, at Chernobyl, the radioactivity melt- meltdown. Can hemp really heal the planet?
1: Well, that's something that we would like to study further, right? Because radioactivity is not something that just, like, evaporates, you know? It's, it goes from one place to, to another, basically. So, so we wanna, and, and hemp was used in Chernobyl, so we wanna understand what happens to the plant. Um, can those plants that are used for, for this type of bioremediation, can, what can we do afterwards with those plants but unfortunately there's very few research about it but it's mm-hmm. it it is um a venue and a venue that we must consider by remediation um there's so much destruction that's been done with for example oil companies and and if we can try to um have environmentally friendly solutions for all of these um um for, for all of these problems, I think that that, that would be great. And, and, and maybe through, through HEMP, we can, we can do it.
0: I want to thank you for being a guest on the iHEMP Revolution.
1: Oh, well, Thank you for having me. Coach Freddie, thank you very much.
0: And how can people find you?
1: Um, the Agricultural Genomics Foundation, and the website is agriculturalgenomics.org. The, um, the CGRI, the Cannabis Genomic Research Initiative, is uh, cannabisgenomics.org, cannabisgenomics.org. Um, and also, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is at canagenomics.
0: Okay. Well, great, and I want to thank you again, and I want to thank all of our listeners and to make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes and give us a review, and please tell your friends and help us spread the word on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do the things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution.